0: Tala for and welcome to another episode of the Reads with Rossa podcast. I'm your host, Rossa. I'd like to shout out everyone who's been tuning in every week. I really appreciate the love and support. If you are a regular listener on the podcast platforms, don't forget to click the follow button. If you prefer visuals, then head on over to YouTube and check out the video episode. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel. So without further ado, enjoy this week's show. Welcome to the space where creators and align. A positive and intellectual collab of open minds. for sharing and learning from one another. It's a vibe. We do Russell podcast on the mic. Subscribe. Subscribe. Educators spitting bars. I guess you didn't know. my sophisticated and humble, taking off life goals. The classroom is my comfort zone. Where I plant soul seeds of knowledge, compassion, empathy, and hope. Welcome to the Reads of Russell podcast. I'm so excited to introduce to you today's guest. Welcome to the show. Angelina Tuia Welcome, sis. Hi, hi, hi. Man, it's so good to have you here. How are you doing? Good, good.
1: Man, it's been a long time since we met. here, oh, great. For real, man. I, hey. haven't, I haven't grown since then, so, you know, it's all the same height. <laughs> I was going to say, are we,
0: no, no, it's not, okay. Yeah, it's all the awesome, height. <laughs> man, it's so good to see you, sis. It's good to see that you're well. Um. And, you know, doing your thing in your com- in your lo- local community and, um, you know, doing well in your career, which we will get into real soon. But before we do any of that, I just wanted you to just do a little brief introduction. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Cool. Oh, gosh, it's so great to be on here. <laughs> um, so, la for Lava, my little lover, so far more Angelina to um so I am Samoan, I'm from a small town called living near Wellington everyone knows where capital city of New Zealand is um so I'm currently living here uh, our family has been here for about 22 years um I am a mom of one single mom of one um yeah, I guess we're gonna get to learn more about myself. Yeah, but um yeah, mom is from Salilesisi Umu and dad is from Lowly and Fungasalai. From.
0: Yeah, give it up, give it up, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Welcome again. Um, yes, we are going to get right into it. I guess first of all, I I wanted to just get into your career. You are a Pasifika, a community nurse. Um what inspired you to get into nursing uh, in the first place? Um, I was kind of forced into
1: it. <laughs> uh, so what had happened was I hated science in college. Um, I I dropped it as soon as I finished year 10 in Samoa College back in Samoa because my marks were terrible. Uh, nothing was clicking in my head. I just didn't get it. Uh, it wasn't until wasn't it till 2005 when I gave birth to Cadence mm-hmm. and my mum who's a nurse she trained in Samoa and she said to me um you know go look for a stable career to get a good future for your daughter um you've got someone you're responsible for now and so she said why don't you go do nursing um, I didn't have any other plans for future at that time except look after my daughter and go see mommy and dad and do local stuff. And so I was like, Yeah, sweet. So she drove me from Livin to Pami, which is like a 40 minute drive, um, with baby in the in the back. And I stepped into the class because it was a mainstream. Um in that intake there were only I'd say a handful of Maori and Pacifica students in that class. So already I fell out of place. Um, But yeah, mum waited until my first day was over in the car with baby. um, Because I didn't have a car and I didn't know how to get to Pami from living. So she took me, and yeah, and from then on, How long has it been? It was 10 years later. And Mm. I kind of, the only regret that I have was that I didn't do it when I left college. Right. Yeah.
0: You're so, like, that's (laughs) so, that's huge, right? Because, you know, like your mom said, you have have someone that you, you know, you've got to look after your daughter, you've got to think about her future and just the fact that mom drove you to school and, you know, was there to support you. I mean, how important. Um, like how was it like just having your family supporting you through uh, not just getting through school but just those early days of um, you know having baby and and making these life-changing decisions and you know looking to education again like how what was that like for you? Um
1: it was it was I feel like it was a second chance of life altogether. Um looking back and you know, that year that we met mm. because that was around the time when I got pregnant. Mm. Um, you know, equiliya <laughs> onga. I, I'm I'm <laughs> confessing all my sins. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Looking back, I'm like with a lot of regret. I was such a white bee, man. Oh, am I allowed to say that? um of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I was such a white bee. Um, you know, as soon as because I I I wasn't an academic person at all. um I repeated year 13 twice. I went to Vic Uni, um, didn't pass any papers. Uh, went to Auckland Uni and same thing again. I thought I was going to be a teacher of some sort in music, but that failed big time. <laughs> yeah, and then. Um, I guess if I didn't have that upbringing of reading, then I probably wouldn't have gone back into academic studies at all. all. So it was a second chance of life. So my daughter, I always say that she's the reason why my life did a 360. Um, God knows. Only God knows where I would be right now if it wasn't for her. And I remember when I flew back to Wellington and then I was getting ready to tell my parents that I was pregnant at that time. Um, But my, yeah, I I was at my sister's house in Porirua and then my dad turned up from Levin to drop off our grandma. I was like, oh, I hid in the closet. I was, (laughs) scared. I was that scared of my dad that I hid in the closet, but um, but he'd seen something was out of place at the house. And so I was like, crap, I can't hide in the closet. So I came up and then I ended up telling them and they gave me the silent treatment for a week. We drove straight to Levin um, and my mum being the nurse that she is, she was like, oi, because it was close to Christmas. Mm. <speaking> She was like, Oh, there's a nice Christmas present for our family. And she's still working at that time as a night shift nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um she didn't muck around. She was like, we gotta do this, this, that, you know. Mm-hmm. And just never looked back. Um my and my parents, they always drilled into me that studies is important, studies is important, but I also found out that I'm not the kind of person who likes big classes. I'm not a uni person, I'm a polytech person. Um, I also discovered my learning skills and abilities. Um, So yeah, um, after getting the opportunity to study again, uh, like I had to do a certificate I failed my message paper in my final year, so I had to do that again. Um, But when I took it again, not only did I go from fail, I smashed it out with an A+. Um, Yeah, so I I actually didn't stop studying since I graduated at that time. So um, I only stopped studying when I came out into this new role as a Pacifica community nurse, only because the workload was getting too much. Mm. Yes, I, I currently have um, a bachelor's degree and two postgraduate diplomas mm. um, for nursing in different areas. One of them is in Pacific Health, and the other one is in clinical nursing. Mm.
0: Yeah, inspirational sis. I mean, you know, <laughs> anyone can turn their their life around, right? And mm. you know, I just think it's awesome that your parents that your family you know stood by you and supported you um you know like I guess another question I have is you know your parents uh you know their min- your dad's a minister like how yeah. challenging was that like you know you've you've got your family supporting you but then you also have got your church family and and like your your, your the daughter's you know, a daughter of a minister and yeah, you know how our Samoan churches are. I mean, how yeah. was that? That must have been another hurdle that you had to get over. Do you know what I mean? Like what yeah. was it like to go back to live in um, and then just to have to see church again? And like, because, you know, the children of, um, you know, the Fefeao's kids, there's always seems to be this high expectation and, you know these standards that they have to meet and and people expect them to do this and that and behave a certain way I mean, how challenging was it get was it to get over that hurdle like after facing your family then going back to your church family?
1: yeah, um it was really hard, only because of the fact that I knew that dad prioritized the church the whole um I remember. So everyone, everyone in our family and our church family know the kind of person that I am. Um, and they know the kind of people my siblings are. So um, they know me as a person that talks back to my parents, um, where I challenge them. Uh, and I remember I was sitting at the table one day and I... Just blurted out to my dad because my dad's a really strict man, but um, I like to push his limits, and everyone knows that. (laughs) So I said, Oh, why do you always put the church before your kids? Um, And I think it really hit him because I'd never seen him um, taken back after something that I said. And I think from that moment, I knew that he was starting to make the effort of um, balancing. Church family and his own family. Um, yeah, daddy, uh, dad. He he was so disappointed when I told him that I was pregnant. Um, gave me silent treatment for a whole week, and he said he's going to tell the old local, drink with and we have to get ready to pack and go, because um, there was no use of him. You know, like Um so yeah, Mum and Dad were prepared for that. But um thank goodness, thank God. We have a close knit church family that um they saw past that and they saw me just as another human being, and they told, and they know how staunch my dad is and how strict he is. And they said to him, You need to forgive your daughter. We're not letting you go as if I fell. um, You know, we'll get through this. Yeah. And apparently the ladies cried during that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good. I mean, I know that there's. And high expectations on Vanua Fifi Al, but being from a small town, I've also learned that we, um, those profiling and the stereotype um, labels for Fifi we Al's kids, they don't exist in small towns because we basically got to start from scratch, yeah. and unless. I was from, a rich extended family. You start with nothing on your back, you know. So, um I remember there was a guy who said, he was shocked when I told him, Oh, we lived in a state house when we moved here from Samoa. We had nothing with us, just the clothes on our back after dad graduated from Malwa. Um, The families of the church, they were the ones that gave us. The mattresses that we were sleeping on in the state statehouse, um, they gave us their spare cars. Like, we literally only had the clothes on our back when we started this winger. Um So we are always grateful to our church family, and they always see past the, you know, the stuff that we do is, because we're just like other kids. They've never had, I've never felt as if they've, Put me or my siblings up on their pedestal. pedestal like a, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They treated us all the same. Like, if they got angry at us, it's the same anger that they showed towards their own kids as well. Um, when they gave us advice, I would hear the same sort of advice they would give their own kids. So, we're lucky in that sense, even though we weren't rich in wealth, but we were rich in family ties and that connection and the community. Yeah. So I I say we were very lucky with this um church family in live in. Yeah.
0: Who um who are some of your career role models? I mean you've mentioned that Mum, you know, she's a nurse. Um well, has she retired or she's still a nurse right now? Yeah, or nah,
1: she, yeah. she is yeah, she had to go into retirement because um church roles in Right. Work roles with clashing. Yeah.
0: So I mean, she's maybe she, you know is she one of your role models or do you have other, you know, did you have other people around you that you could look up to in terms of like nursing and you know healthcare, you know those that those parts of your job. Like, were there other people? Was it really just kind of like mum, the super role model that you looked <laughs> up to? Um. Yeah, mum
1: was basically the only nurse that I knew personally <laughs> before I started my career. Um and then as I progressed, you know, I had lecturers who I really looked up to. Um and then, you know, doing research articles and you come across Basavika names, um, like Carl Fumil um, all his works and that, they became role models and as I progressed out to the working fields, then, um, like I always tell my student nurses, you won't survive in nursing unless you build yourself a, a support network. And you've got to set yourself up with someone that you look up to, because nursing can be toxic in a toxic environment. And if you don't have those role models to pull you out um, and... Um, say, try following their footsteps, then you're just going to keep doubting your own skills and knowledge within the nursing field. Yeah, so a lot of them were either um, or are still um, Maori and Pacifica nurses. Yeah. I
0: mean, when you started out, like, when you look back to when you started out and then look at it now uh, in your field, are there more Brown faces. Do you see more of us? Uh, you know, is there representation there? Like, are there? I mean, because you work in a you know in a small community, but even in your community, are there others? You know, is there representation in your field, or is it really just still a few of you? You know, doing the doing the work in the community. Um. So I think the. The first thing
1: we need to understand is that nursing is quite a massive field. You've got your different areas. Um, so if we were to talk in regards to are there enough nurses in ratio of Pacifica population, um, accessing those services in those particular areas, I would say no, especially in mental health. Um, and yeah, but with the, there's, there's not enough of the workforce. Um, so I know that they're currently working on recruiting more student nurses, um, student health professionals from the Pasifika community. Um, but then, again, our population is growing, especially in Livin. The rate that our Pacific community is growing is um, increasing significantly, but we don't have the number of pacifica workforce and health profession um to cater to those numbers mm. yeah so that's, so that's an issue that um is related to why our health are quite poor at the moment or have been for a long time
0: and do you get to use um Samoan language uh, uh you know other people do you get to speak the language like through your work or do you know what I mean? Is there a need for Samoan language speakers, and language speakers um, in your field, or do you just speak all those Pacifica languages? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I only translate for Samoan. Um
1: Tell you what, it's one thing to translate from English to Samoan and back again, but then it's also another thing to try and um, interpret the medical jargon mm. and especially when your audience that you got to translate for are older than you because you know you have to use Um so remember when I first had to translate putting a catheter um, into a bladder mm. you know to let the urine come out and you know when we're talking about the um, reproductive organs and, and being invasive in that area, you really just can't translate it word for right. word. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's been real challenging in that sense. Um, so when I was working in hospital, they would pull me out to translate or they would put me with the Samoan family. So when we have meetings, that You know, I'll just automatically go out with them. Um, But I'd say since working out in the community, I've never spoken spoken so much Samoan in work. (laughs) Being out in the community. But it's good. Um, I think the most challenging one for me was when I was deployed to Samoa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because you don't speak English at all except for your colleagues and I say for tomorrow, lalo or I mm-hmm. um, you pick up on the language that you have to use because it's it's like one after the other. It comes in for an assessment, mm-hmm. and I remember um, <laughs> I remember when an old man had come in and he was saying, you know, working His his tummy was sore. His abdomen was sore. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So I was starting to ask asking questions just to work it up. Mm-hmm. And then, because when, when someone complains about it you have to assess on how their bowel motions or passing wind has been. I was like, oh, my gosh. I knew, I knew the Upu Whālauara for yeah. passing bowel motions, but I didn't mm-hmm. know that Upu Whālauara for, for passing wind. Yeah. So <laughs> I ran to the fact This is in Makokuwa Hospital. And I was asking the colleagues, you know, how to, how do I say in, in um, a respectful way mm-hmm. if he's passed when? Yeah. Yeah. They gave me the wrong words. And
0: <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. But we get, yeah. So experiences, yeah. right? Learning, learning experiences, right? Yeah. Learning yeah. on the job. And, and wow. I mean, well, for you, because... What's your, what do we what do you think is your most important um professional like achievement?
1: Um I'd have to say working in ICU. Mm. Working in ICU that would have to be um the toughest for me, the most challenging, not just in clinical sense, but um also academic wise as well um the theory and the practical knowledge for ICU that's yeah that was a huge challenge and um also they do 12-hour shifts there so that was um a big one for me because I used to do eight-hour shifts in the ward and then going into 12-hour shifts as well um But it was also the most rewarding because the skills that I gained from ICU, I was able to step out into community and be confident in my assessment skills. Um, So, yeah, I mean, once you're in ICU, you can use those skill sets in any nursing field.
0: What What are some misconceptions that people have about nurses, you know, like what, what are some or even like stereotypes or just these preconceived ideas that people have about you know nurses and health workers uh, really thank you for the you. question
1: hey, <laughs> okay so the the top one that really annoyed me was when someone said oh nurses have degrees oh fight <laughs> me. Like, oh. me that's it <laughs> what a rude dude i know i know mm. it's like oh i, I, don't, realize, I, eh, I don't realize they don't
0: realize just i mean i i i just you know i can just imagine but i man and they say teaching yeah.
1: is hard <laughs> i'm like man yeah nursing. so um they so also think that nursing is just all about um hygiene kids personal kids um but there's a lot of well, I I guess it depends on the individual themselves, but you can get up to um, I mean the careers you can get from nursing. Um, yeah, the the other mis, um misconception um is what was I going to say is um we get seen as just your made in the hospital mm-hmm. yeah um because during undergrad we not only learn how to do practical skills but also how to um critique ugh, critique research um and also how to apply that in regards to um thinking of um new ways of improving health outcomes mm. yeah so the, there's a lot that goes on
0: that people with, don't see and people yeah don't that know, people, right?
1: yeah but that's general misconception mm. the miss and the other misconception that um poc nurses get in new zealand is that we get mistaken for cleaners working in the <laughs> hospital yeah even though we've what? got the same uniform honestly, the number, i know I know the the nut like um. Even if we are wearing the same uniform as all the other nurses, mm-hmm. some patients and their families still think that we're we're cleaners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: I mean, know how um, rude,
1: right?
0: Like, how do you? Because you know, obviously, you're you're full on with your, with your work. Um. So how do you find time to upskill to, you know, like you said, there's a lot of like reading and thing, you know, that goes on in terms of like, how do you stay up to date and stay on top of your game in terms of your uh, area of expertise, like your field? Yeah. How do you How do you find time to do that on top of everything else that you do, which we haven't, we haven't even touched upon yet, but we're getting to. No. Okay, so um,
1: the great thing about the different areas of nursing is as you work, you also get given the opportunities to attain study or mm-hmm. to attain practical assessments or skills, upgrading on skills. Now, some of these are compulsory. Um, like if I was to talk about my time in hospital, depending on where you work, um, so like I started out in orthopaedic, So we would have um, education session days about um, learning about bones and how to, you know, look after post-surgical patients. Um, And for us to upgrade, we also have to teach as well. Ah. So that's part of our, um, what we, our, uh, yeah. So um, every step um, every different level a- as you progress with your level of nursing uh, you get given a set of let's say tasks to do to complete to um, be successful in attaining that certain area so you've got your competent levels of nursing then your proficient and then your expert senior nurse yeah um so not only are the protocols um Stuff that we have to complete within our own field of nursing, but then because we, you know, also answer to the Nursing Council of New Zealand, and yeah, so they give us um, domains that we have to complete, and this is how we um, basically we keep track of our work as well and how we hold ourselves accountable for. the set of skills that we and how we're progressing, whether it's um, to do with work or postgrad, as well. So these postgrad papers available. Um, a lot of the times, you we can get scholarships for that for postgrad um, once you've completed your bachelor of nursing. So yeah, um, it really depends on your area where you're working and how proactive you are in progressing your own yeah your own career. Yeah, um and then each DhB region is different with their policies as well but um yeah these we do have stuff that it's compulsory for us to complete yeah to stay and every year we have to complete um an annual practicing certificate wow. and it yeah it also have to pay out for that as well um it's just so the public knows that we Um, are all good to practice, you know, that we don't have any um, criminal records or we haven't done anything to abuse the relationship between nurses and patients or Mm. nurses and the other colleagues as well. So it's keeping us in check all the time.
0: Mm. And have you had opportunities to volunteer overseas? I mean, I know you mentioned some just before, but are there opportunities for New Zealand nurses to to perhaps do an exchange in another country, obviously with COVID right now, but do you know what I mean? Do they have programs like yeah. that in place where you can yeah. maybe work for organisations uh, like Red Cross and, and things like that? Or
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the beauty of nursing. You can take your skills anywhere, Um, even – in the paramedic field, in the army, or Red Cross volunteer as well. Um I've had i I've got a lot of nursing friends who have volunteered um even in South Africa or part of Red Cross. Um there was one nurse from ICU who has just been all, all over the place where there's been an epidemic. Um so she was also in Samoa during the measles time as well. Yeah. Um so, yeah, like you said, it's really up to the individual on how they what want about to take it
0: yeah. I mean, later on, like obviously not right now um, because, you know, still got cadence, but is that something that you would want to do perhaps later on, maybe when she's off at uni and doing her thing? <laughs> do you see yourself doing anything like that or is it more about you- going back to Samoa and...
1: Yeah, tell you what, as a specific nurse in New Zealand, you're volunteering your time or the <laughs> even when you finish your nine to five or your shift work, you know, back in church or your community, no matter where you go, people are always gonna come across and say, Hey, um, can you check this out? That's <laughs> voluntary work,
0: You never take your nursing cap off no matter where you go right? <laughs> as the specific nurse. Yeah. Um, so then how do you look after yourself? Like when we think about, you know, um, like self-care, and I ask everyone, everyone that comes on the show, you know, they come from all different walks of life and different careers and things like that. But how do you, I guess, look after yourself, treat yourself? What are some things that you enjoy doing that have nothing to do with um, with church or with um Nursing.
1: <laughs> nursing, you know, like how do you look after yourself? What do you enjoy doing? Uh so I I've, I've got a side
0: hustle. Um <laughs> Yeah, give it up
1: me for the side yeah. hustle. <laughs> 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 so I do I do makeup on the side. So you know when you I text you earlier, I just finished work. That was my other work that ah. yeah, yeah. So um I really get a good kick out of doing that. Um and the only reason why I got into it because I was sick and tired of seeing our girls looking real ghost. And so I was like, I gotta go learn how to do makeup. So um I don't wear it all the time myself, but I really love doing makeover on other girls. But um self-care to be honest, I try and sleep where I can or I um Just watch a lot of trash TV.
0: You're allowed to. You're allowed to. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. As long as you're chill and relaxing and doing you, you know, feeling good about yourself and just taking time off, I think it's super, you know, super important. Um, What Mm. are some traits that you get from your parents? Uh, Maybe mom or dad, what are some traits that you get from them, characteristics?
1: Okay, so... um... dad he is he's really good um at organizing things um the way his mind works like there's a certain um procedure on how things are supposed to run and he's always got a contingency plan in place of plan a b c doesn't work out um so i kind of like to say that my organizational skills are from him <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, okay. the and the way he delivers his lawner mm. um he's really good at that he's really good at captivating audiences when he presents um and i love presentations um Public speaking, I'll definitely say that I got that from Dad as well wow. yeah um but the, the funny thing is is that he's really good at it in church but anywhere else we try to get into it and he was like no thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's yeah. his zone that's his his space you know like yeah wow.
1: yeah um, you, What about Mom
0: do you think you get anything from your mom any characteristics from Mom?
1: Yeah, probably the feistiness I get from her
0: (laughs) and how she always likes to
1: push dad's limits.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, but I think everything nursing wise, it's from her. Yeah.
0: How would your sisters describe you? What would they, how would, like, if they could describe you in three words, what do you think they would say? Oh, that bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that Hey, yeah, that's three words. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure um, they look up to you. I'm sure they you, you know, they you are their role model, you know. I'm sure. Oh, I,
1: I don't know about that. I, <laughs> oh. No, we're really close. We're really close. Um I know Committed will be one of them, and also they know that once I want something, I will do my best, think of everything and making it happen. Um, behind the scenes is a good way of describing me. I think that they, my siblings, yeah, will say that.
0: Interesting, you bring that up because I was going to ask because I watch your sister. You know, I know your sister dances, right? She's always doing beautiful dances (laughs) of ball for your youth, for your youth group at church, and she's always like such a beautiful, graceful dancer. And every time I watch her, I always think, "What was Lena's role in this?" You know, she's dressed (laughs) up beautifully. You know, everything from head to toe, and I always wonder what was Lena's role in this? What did yeah. she do here? If I see your youth group singing or performing you post videos, I'm going, where was Lena's role here? What, she, what part did she play? Yeah. Tell us about, um yeah, tell us about your role in, in, in your youth group, because like you said, behind the scenes, because I never see you in yeah. front of the camera, like I just see yeah. your footage, and I'm like, she was doing something here, but she's definitely <laughs> not putting herself in front of the camera, so yeah tell us a little bit about your role in behind the scenes for youth group and, and just, you know, for church, just.
1: Yeah. Um, so performing arts wise, it's always been um a thing for me. I like, I'm useless at learning dances. I, I'm always behind the piano, like, I'm always behind the scenes. Yes, like, you're a
0: musician, <laughs> yes. of course. I, I keep forgetting. Yes, you are a musician. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I don't know. I think it's just
1: the way my mind works. Like, if I hear or see something, and then the first thing I'm thinking, oh, who can I teach this to? The kids at church or now that my girl's in college? Um, their group or my sister. Or it's always like, how can I make this, put a Pacific twist to it, and you know, just get people involved into making it happen. Um, yeah. So the the funny thing was is that I used to teach. We only have two colleges here in Levin. Wow. Um, yeah, and there was a point where no one else was able to teach like um, Pacific Brackets mm. so when Cadence was a baby and before I started studying that's what I was doing in both colleges and even the primary schools um, so it's seeing the vision in my head and executing it um, and I, I just get my thrills from being able to teach something and then see it come to life. And mm. also seeing – and now that my sister's in – but she's she's like the all-rounder. She can do both behind the scenes and be in front of the camera. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, So I go around and collecting stuff as well to for costumes and mm. that. And so mum's a solo.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Love it.
1: Yeah. So – um. And it's I, I guess our youth is lucky where we've got a lot of talented kids mm. and yeah, with the singers, the acting. Um I'm still waiting for someone to help me with the capiangle, but you know, <laughs> no one wants to be that brave and learning how to play yeah. the piano. Yeah. So I'm like, damn. Yeah. Um yeah, because recently we we lost um one of our most talented sisters, mm-hmm. um Abby. Yeah, yeah. Um so Abby, man, her talent was was something else. And the thing that I really loved about her was that she was always in there helping others grow with their talent. If she saw something in someone, she would bring it out. Um, Yeah. So she was the main singer for our youth group. And every time I would ask her to do something, she'll do it. (coughs) Yeah. And she always came through, gave it 100%. Um, Yeah, so it's, it's good to see that that talent still exists within our youth group. Um, you know, it hasn't died down with her. It's still going strong. Um, and my daughter's name is is Cadence, which is a musical term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just having that drive to be creative because uh, the last thing I would even want is for our kids to leave because of church being boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Man, rest in love to um, Abby. I know I've seen you yeah. post. Um, I've seen you post in the past, uh, just things about her, celebrating her, um, mm. you know, memories of her, and it's just, um, man, it's, you know. Mm. Um, Cadence, though, does she not play the piano? Uh,
1: funny story. She not piano lessons. <laughs> Um, my parents wanted me to teach her, but I, yeah, my patience doesn't last long. Yeah, I was long.
0: like, are you like <laughs> passive aggressive? <laughs> no, does she quit on you or what? Did you growl her? No, and-
1: <laughs> no what annoys me is when she starts crying and mm. I've never done anything except say, do your left hand again. <laughs> Practice your left hand again. Do your right hand again and she doesn't want to do it. So all you <clears throat> all you hear is her play, you know, Fali on the keys and the tears rolling down. And I'm like, you know what? If you're gonna be like that, then don't don't waste your grandparents' money to go to i Yango be young. Oh man. Maybe she'll
0: sure find a love for it and just soon you never know you never know and um, where do you where does your inspiration come from though i know you play the piano i know you're a musician and you do choir but who like where does your inspiration come from to i guess compose music to you know to come up with with you know some of the hymns for you know the um yeah where does that inspiration come from <laughs> for you, for uh, me. so funny thing is
1: that um i actually don't like to call myself a musician only because like so the talents that your brother has mm-hmm. and every other i i can't play by ear like i'm very basic when it comes to jamming i am a score reading girl mm-hmm. And I tend to think that the style I play is boring compared to, even my dad's admit and to me. <laughs> oh, and I was sad. like, I know. I know. <laughs> but um, like you put a piece in front of me and I can pick it up straight away. Mm. And that's how I teach choir. I have to have the notes with me. um, But I can't, I mean, I can only pick up the basic songs for, yeah. So that's why yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like a fake, fake person because I can't do I can't I can't give the I can't add the accompaniment to mm-hmm. like it's very plain. It's just classic piano sounds. Um but yeah, that's I mean, that's how I've always taught choir all these years and it's always been just sticking to the notes unless mm-hmm. but I do rearrangements. Okay. And it's and it's only when there's been a significant event like um, Abby's death mm-hmm. and then I compose music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it doesn't sound right because I can't add a couple of to it, I can't jam out the chords. Mm-hmm. And so I depend on the kids to make it sound yeah. good with their voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah
0: (laughs) i can't remember i can't i recently listened to one of the videos you posted oh the song it's just right here on the tip of my head i love it it's one of the songs that i really love and they were singing it um i think maybe it was a dedication to abby or something but i know you posted the video it was so beautiful i just can't remember the song right now it's just right on the tip of my head anyways maybe i remember it throughout the interview. I loved it, and I just thought, "Wow, your group, your youth group is all up. like. There's mm. quite a few of them. I didn't realize that your youth group was that you know that big. Pretty no, big. it's not. It's not big though. That's the thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, you didn't it's, think that's, that's big? <laughs> no, nah, they just got big voices. <laughs> yeah, but that was it. That's why I stopped and watched the video and listened. Was it was exactly that? It was the voices. Blew me away. I was like, hey. Hey. So that was very oh, impressive. You. I can't remember the song right now. See, I'm gonna go and look for it after this interview and I'm gonna find it. It was just I know the song and it's right on the tip of my head. Can't remember right now. Who are some of your favorite um music, music like artists? Like what kind of music can you oh. So um and
1: just to go back to the the inspiration, mm-hmm. um likes of Borisy, Flo the Wint. Artist. You Know the, all the old school, yes, yes. um, man. I've let uh, le... I've got a really good He's a now because uh, yes. we actually went to summer college together, but he was
0: wow,
1: he was like a few years ahead of me, hmm. yeah. Um, man, his talent is out of this world with the way he rearranges all the old school
0: hits. Yes. Cool, man. Like, I joined it's that so good. Ah oh, yeah. You know, the, I, I did. I think I recorded twice, um, but then I just kept not. I was like, Lani was like, Have you sent in your recording? I was like, I can't <laughs> meet the deadline because I was just getting too busy. So I think I did two recordings, like, and he was like, We got another one coming. I was like, I gotta find the time, but I loved what, yeah, let's go. Cool. Rev was doing with the He's so talented. Songs, man. I was like, hey, yeah. and what I loved was just the old school hymns. You know, I love those mm. old school hymns, man. I was like, oh, amazing. So, so talented.
1: Yeah. And I love how he, you know, you can still sense the essence of mm-hmm. that old school. And in, when he rearranges it, yeah. it's not over the top, it's not bung bung. Mm. And the fact that he um, has notes for his songs as well. Because right. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to someone me. like you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember I went to Spar One 2015 mm. and he, they had just launched Zula Elia his parents, we yeah, his parents mm. with Yau. They just launched their CD. Mm. And then I also wrote like three copies of um, the notes. <laughs> that they were selling us, like, guess finally someone's getting it
0: right with right, their selling the right. CD and the notes. Yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. Man. So aside from church music, which you know plays a big part in terms of what you do for choir at church, like, what what other music do you like? I mean, you know, other what other genres of music do you like?
1: I uh, my favorite definitely has to be soul, so the likes mm. of Erica Badu, yeah. Um, Jules Scott, Angie Stone. Um, that genre of music, like you can play it anytime, anywhere, and it's still going to be good music. Um, of course, the the classical um, Samoan songs with the you know Indian Yeah, that can never go wrong. Right, um, right. But I, th- I think my favorite Pacific Island music would have to be from Hawaii. I don't know what it is, but I just love the music.
0: I guess, you know, COVID-19 and New Zealand's response, uh, that everyone all over the world is talking about how awesome New Zealand is. Um, yeah. Did things, like, what was it like for you um, and even in your community, like with the pandemic and then, I mean, is everything all good out your ways?
1: I mean,
0: generally they say that New Zealand, I mean, New Zealand's
1: back to normal, right? Mm. Um. Yeah, so March of February, February last, oh, when I actually started around the world, Um. Mm-hmm. I guess as a health professional, you already have insight, Or depending on where you work, okay, mm-hmm. so I want to emphasize on that, it depends on where you work as a health professional, because if you work in mental health, you don't have insight to a nurse that works in, say, like ED or an ICU. If you work in um, neonates or, um, yeah, so it's really important that when someone's speaking on COVID nineteen, you always gotta check what their background and experience is in their field. So, when the pandemic started happening and it started to hit, um, I remember Italy, and just seeing the death rate just increase, And then it started hitting US, um, especially, I think it was around Washington at the Mm -hmm. time, no, New York, New York, when it hit New York real bad, one of the major hospitals in New York, um, because I was... yeah, I follow quite a few um, American nurses that work in ICU in the States and just seeing them venting on Twitter on how bad it's getting. Mm. I remember getting feeling scared, feeling scared of that happening here in New Zealand because... Um, with the different health sectors in New Zealand, so you've got your primary health, this is where you um the first point of contact if you want to access health services so your GP services your prevention clinics like screening for cervical um, where you get vaccinated and then your secondary which are the hospitals if you need surgery, that's where you go and then your tertiary which is the ED, cardiac, um, cardiothoracic wards, and your ICU wards. Um, so, the first thing I was thinking was if our ICU beds get filled up real fast, you know, we're pretty much stuffed mm. because we have limited number of ICU beds in New Zealand. And if one hospital's ICU be to get filled, then they look at transferring those right. patients to another ICU in another hospital. Yeah. So you can imagine the domino effect that it's going to have um, if that was to hit little old New Zealand. Um, so the day that they announced that we were going into level four, a lot of us were already saying, just hurry up and lock down New Zealand already. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm still gonna stand by New Zealand doing the right thing, we did do the right thing by going hard and fast. Um, and those first was a four weeks of level four, yeah,
0: Yeah. it was so quick, so so quick. Mm. Like, and I know, like, here, like, you know, seeing the response from around the world and how they're all like, you know, giving props to um, New Zealand and just how quickly. shut down the borders i mean new zealand became like the poster the 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 example of how a country you know should have responded what do you think new zealand has to continue to do um in order to kind of keep everything back to normal keep things under wraps in in regards to the pandemic
1: um i guess continue with the MIQ facilities because most of the positive cases are coming from overseas Mm -hmm. Um, and the way they're monitoring the community cases if Mm -hmm. there is an outbreak. I think everyone in New Zealand now is used to the contact and tracing Mm -hmm. side of things um, because the Pacific community have had the biggest number of response in regards to getting tested. Um, and that's been a great thing because it just goes to show that Pacific community really do care about the welfare of others, um, which is what we really need to maintain, I guess, oh yeah, we can call it status quo for now, for remaining on level one for us. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's because it's still happening the pandemic getting quite hard in some places overseas. Mm-hmm. So we can't take the risk, especially if we're still allowing New Zealanders to return to I mean we can't deny them from coming back to their home country. Mm-hmm. Um but we you know we never know the community case is gonna break out again so
0: yeah, just parents, this, yeah like my parents just got their test today like literally just got it today like my sister-in-law um messaged they just got their test there. oh uh, their vaccine their vaccine is what i'm talking about so um, they just kind of got yeah. their their done and i was like a bit relieved about that i was happy because i mm. i was just like when is it going to get to their turn because i know they've been rolling it out out uh west Auckland, so I was just a bit relieved. It's one less thing to worry about. So, yeah. and I was just like, when you go out, make sure you wear your mask. They're like, yeah. yes, we do. Everywhere we go, you know, when they go out to do their bills and things like that, they wear their masks. When they go to the doctors, they wear. and I was like, good, make sure. <laughs> I was just oh, like, you, you gotta be safe, you know, because like, I mean, I when I see New Zealand and everyone's just like back, it just looks like everything's back to normal. But then here we're like, we still, you know, like oh, it's just a whole nother story, and the whole thing is are you quite guys, stressful. Are you guys still getting community
1: cases over there?
0: Yeah, it hasn't even been under control here. Like, it's they've oh, we've true. now got yeah. I mean, they've now got um state of emergency has been extended to May thirty first, um, and is the death rate still rising? It is, but it's not as huge as other countries. Like, if you think about mm-hmm. Japan, but that's not the point. The point is, it's, it's not under control at all, especially yeah, with yeah. the Olympics. The Olympics are meant to be happening. Right. And, you know, and, and the thing is, with the state of emergency, they were, like, telling companies, work from home, you know, they were, oh. and universities have been shut down. They're doing online learning. So they shut down universities and restaurants and things like that. But we, they didn't shut down schools. We and we're not even like priority to get the vaccine. Do you know what I mean? Like, teachers mm. not priority to get the vaccine like other countries. Like, I have teacher friends who work overseas that that they've got their like first and second vaccine, you know, shot. So, I'm just like, right, I'm going back to New Zealand to get a vaccine. <laughs> like, I, because they just with the Olympics, they were like, we're meant to get vaccines in Feb, then it went to March, mm. then they're like July, and then it's like now it's September when the olympics it's just it's really super frustrating i mean i yeah. think people here it's so difficult because you just don't know where families have been i mean in terms of school we've got all these things in place um and we just have to follow it you know we have these routines every day mm. starting from taking temperature in the morning kids have temperature sheets we go we got cameras with in place you gotta you know the washing wiping down everything it's just this oh, wow. daily routine at school because they're not shutting down schools right and so there's just always that fear like I commute to work and so you know they're telling people during the state of emergency to work from home these companies but no one's I mean the, the trains are still packed you know So mm. I was expecting just to see like you know Just a whole lot of kids on the train you know because school's still in in session but so things like that there are it's just quite frustrating because they're not rolling out the vaccine fast enough here in japan they just keep purchasing from over from overseas and they keep updating with the different strands and stuff like that but they um yeah they're like i mean i'm just i'm just like i just try to get to work and then straight you know back home because i'm I don't wanna be getting I'm not even trying to get COVID before I come home. You know, I've mm. I've already booked a test. I have booked quarantine, you know, these even when we come back, we've got to get papers signed, we've got to take another test. You know, there's all these things like we gotta to do to get out of the country and then you know, I I've I I gotta come home. Um
1: How long are you staying here for when you get here? Uh six uh
0: six to eight weeks.
1: So, oh nice.
0: Yeah, so it's because it's summer break. So, you know, I'm leaving the nice hot humidity to come back to New Zealand stink winter. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <mean, unlike> <laughs> yours- <laughs> I hate winter. Yours- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you got to I mean, be wearing you- this when you get back. Man, you know, like I'm just getting out of wearing my hoodies, man. I have a whole collection and it's like I can't even pack the damn hoodies away because I have to put them in my suitcase and bring them to New Zealand because it's freaking <laughs> cold there. Actually, New Zealand's not that cold. Well, Auckland's not that cold. Everyone talks like, oh, it's so cold in Auckland. Then I check the weather and I'm like, shut up. That's nothing. <laughs> so it's like two degrees, one degrees here. Like, shut mm. up. That's nothing. Anyways, um, but, yeah, like I just – it's so cool to see that New Zealand is like, you know, just going strong and, and you know, fighting the pandemic and, and and stuff like that. Um, you know, I do feel a bit proud when people talk about it at school. Mm. <laughs> We're very lucky here. Yeah. Um
1: very lucky. And I yeah. I I think the most um just from a health professional perspective, Mm. we didn't get to the point where the ICUs were overwhelmed. Mm. And that to me is the best thing that's happened Mm. in regards to preparing for any outbreak. Mm. Because as I mentioned before, once those ICU beds are used up and it's, it's just uh overflowing of um of what you call it, hot mess that's gonna happen.
0: Mm. Yeah. And how what if, how would your co workers describe you? What do you think okay. they would say if I asked them what kind of worker is Lena?
1: I reckon they'll say get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay okay, love it <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah, um, yeah, my colleagues right now in the community will probably you probably say that, yeah, mm. um, if I was still working in a hospital, mm. I' definitely be a hard worker 'cause i I was clocking in more than eighty hours fortnightly, yeah.
0: Man, I hope they pay nurses good. I hope they pay our health workers good, our health professionals. Please tell me they do, sis, because, man, that is a lot of hours to be clocking in. Is well, the New Zealand, Zealand government paying good money for you guys? I hope so.
1: Um, Let's just say that they're freezing our pay for three years.
0: Oh, hey. Did, did you, hear you hear that?
1: that? Yeah. Mm. Why? I'm going to ask Auntie Jacinda that.
0: <laughs> is that something that's just come into effect?
1: Recently, yeah. the So the DHB nurses, which is not us because we're we'll probably health, but mm. it eventually will affect us. DHB nurses are going on a strike. Yeah, mm. I can't remember when, but they're going on a strike. Man,
0: freezing it for three years, that's pretty harsh, eh? Yep. Man, if you had a superhero power, what would your superhero power be? Yeah.
1: I think it would have to be to be able to read minds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> then I'll be
1: able to be like, hey, now you gonna fall out you? <laughs> and if you're lying, I'll
0: be like, okay, oh, all right, I know. <laughs> um, If you could live in any other country aside from New Zealand, Samoa, where would you live? Hawaii. Oh, yeah. yeah. One day, sis, one day. <laughs> One day, (laughs) uh, what do you you want the world to know about Samoa? uh,
1: The history, Hmm. or uh, the fact that we've made history with the second lot of voting that's happening.
0: Oh my god. I mean, you know, you know, I don't really engage in all that Twitter mm. chat that goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every now and then I see, you know, if I'm scrolling on the, on the timeline and I see, and I'm like, I'm not going to engage. But I kind of caught something and I was like, oh, my gosh. What yeah. On earth? Yeah. Sis. Just follow someone on Twitter for all the latest updates. For real, man. There are mm. a lot of political commentators on there, everyday folks. Um, actually, while we're talking about that, something I forgot to mention earlier was um, social media and mm. people on social media. Like I know, you know, Samoa in 2019, there was the measles <laughs> outbreak, right? Mm. So I guess, you know, and then now we've got COVID, you know, this past year and it's still mm. ongoing. Um. I guess people using their platforms, you know social media and, and people using their platforms to I don't know, do they think to educate, I guess, to educate people and to about their views on on you know whether it's vaccines or they're against vaccines. How harmful because you know we're not just talking about DC folk here, DC being dominant culture folk, we're actually talking about some of our very own people who are using their platforms to to put up harmful information. Like for you as a health professional, I mean, I've seen you. I remember back then you were like up there, like using your platform to speak out, you know, especially, you know, with your medical background and and stuff like that. Like Mm. it's super harmful, man, what some of these people are doing. Like, Mm. But that's social media, right? people, everyone has a platform now, and it's just. Mm. I feel like our people are always so quick to jump on and take sides, and and trying not, to be work. Yeah, trying to be work and all that. I mean, <laughs> damn! Like, how do you deal? I mean, I've seen how you deal, but <laughs> like, what is it? How much more challenging does that make your job as a healthcare professional? Um, when you've got people like this who are just putting out, just it's just like misinformation and and you know using their views to sway
1: public mm. opinion, like yeah, um, I I, you know what it's gotten to the point where I, hopefully in the future it will become a paper in undergrad studies. Mm on online misinformation because i really do think that um people within our field need to know how to deal with that because mm. um, a lot of them choose to ignore it but without being realistic in regards to how it will affect a lot of people mm. so we're seeing how bad the anti-vaxxers can get online mm. um So, when I confront them or when I call them out, Mm. the aim isn't necessarily to change their mind. It's to put out the correct messages to the people who are reading Mm. the debate. A lot of these people are sitting on the fence. Mm. So, the way we interact with them, the way we keep citing correct information, the way we provide proof. Of research articles or um, any policies of the areas that we work in, then hopefully that will persuade the people that are sitting on the fence reading the messages. Um, so um, a lot of when I when I first started because um, I didn't realise how big it was online. Um, it wasn't until uh oh, East West on twitter and on instagram it wasn't until i started following her on instagram and i came across one of her stories where she called out Ways, mm. and then that's <laughs> that's when i found out how bad it was getting and what really got me was how she would always play her um pacific card to gain clout um so yeah, but uh, thankfully there are a lot of, th- there's actual, um, actually a pro-vaccine community on Twitter and they give you a guideline of where to go for the research. Mm. Um, but of course it's up to you as an invi- individual to learn how to critique these articles that they give you. Because you shouldn't just be critiquing what the anti-vaxxers throw at you but also what and mm. um, the pro-faxes give you as well. And I think mm. it's the biggest difference because what really annoys me is when people say, oh, it's just, a, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. But, you know, two plus two is four. Mm. Your opinion would be, oh, hang on, but two plus 2.5 is four. That's not an opinion. You're just screwing with facts. Mm. Um, it's just like how people want to change Or at their own opinion about how the immune system works, Mm. it's flat out bullshit. Mm. (laughs) And you try to explain it to them in the most basic terms, but they still deny how things work. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a whole lot of headache. But um, (laughs) but in real life, though, thankfully, in real life, Mm. it's they are a small percentage of the population of people who are actually Mm. pro-vaxxers or people who would choose to um, have the vaccine because they either see it as a way of protecting others or Mm. they don't want to get the actual disease, the the money, yeah.
0: Because, you know, here, like just a few days ago, I read this article, just, it was actually on the news, so, yeah. With the extension of, with COVID still going on and the extension of the state of emergency, the government mm-hmm. had, um, like in Shibuya, which is one of the main city areas here, the government had a truck because the way they get advertisements out here, um, especially if it's like new groups, new music groups, they have these trucks that drive around the big cities, like blasting the latest jam and all that oh, kind wow. of stuff, right? And so the government had these trucks, you know, driving around Shibuya, um, you know just blur um, saying out loud you know via the um speakers you know this is the state of emergency is being ascended. this is what you have to do you know these are the rules you have to follow so that had that and then these rude dude anti-maskers anti vaxxer folk in a smaller truck following the government truck blurting out it's your right it's your right not to wear a mask that and it was just hilarious because you just you, you know the show on the news you see this the government official and then at the back of these lunatics you know and it's oh just kind of like it's so crazy that you know people oh you know that just reminded me when you were talking i was like man it's like these crazy people i mean there yeah. are people that assemble outside shibuya station and they're like just be free take off your m-. i'm like oh my yeah you know? and it's it's
1: Absolutely crazy how, you know, surgeons and health officials that have been working in theatres, they wear masks for hours. Mm. And there hasn't been any research evidence on the fact that it's doing them any harm. Mm. And since these protocols have come up about how you got a mask up, Mm. and these conspiracy theorists come along with
0: you oh i can't breathe in my mask and right our our students train like with sports was cut right back but they've still Mm. had some teams just training like you know looking forward to the next season Mm. the, the kids were training in masks like everything we do is in masks. It doesn't matter if mm. your our is like. I'm like, let me just have a. I need to breathe over here. Let me just breathe, have a break. Yeah. But we wear masks everywhere, like in everything that we do at school. And then you have these lunatics at the train stations who plan these like times on the trains where they're going to go on and and just be take off masks and stuff and just. Oh, I mean, it's just, yeah. They I wanna be, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy because, you know, um, out of nowhere, they suddenly cry out that they're feeling oppressed mm. and they compare the way they feel to major events like the Holocaust or mm. Black civil rights movements, And it, uh, it's so disrespectful, mm. so disrespectful.
0: Um. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, you know, just educate yourself, <laughs> you know, don't get, the, I guess for, you know, our audience and listeners, you know, it's important to educate yourself and not get caught up in conspiracy theories, you know, do your research and in, in, in regards to what you need to find out and need to know and look after your family, um, but yeah. It's just, it's crazy times bringing up crazy as peoples, you know, um,
1: mm.
0: that's, that's the time that we're living in. <laughs> yeah, but it,
1: it's also understandable how people are, you know, because everyone that's alive now, mm. um, I guess only a few are still alive from the last worldwide pandemic that happened. Mm. Um, with the polio and and all that. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have never been through a pandemic before and times have changed. Technology has improved a lot. Um, medical science has improved a lot. So what people are not used to seeing, they can easily be afraid of. Mm. But instead of listening to the people with the right information. Mm. And also, when you do go do your research, it's knowing how to research properly as well. Mm. Um, classic example is if you follow some of the platform and they screenshot abstracts mm. um, without going through the whole article, the title and that bit of abstract can be very misleading. Mm. So unless you go and download that full article, mm. sit down with a tool to learn how to critique it and um, really do in-depth research to you know, get some better insight on what information is accurate and what information you should be avoiding. Mm. But it, honestly, anyone with a platform can manipulate any information.
0: Yeah. yeah, and there's just a lot of clickbait, right? A lot of clickbait mm-hmm. articles, like you said, you know, like you have to do a lot of clicking to get to the root, to the actual original mm-hmm. article, right? But I, I think with the clickbait and all the ads and and things and the algorithms, a lot of people don't go beyond that. Okay, I clicked on this. Oh my gosh, this this doesn't look good, and then that's where mm-hmm. the misinformation it's the, and the panic and it, and it you know starts from there. Whereas if you click and keep going right back to the root, then you you realize that along the way links have been added and things have changed in the article, you yeah. know. So it's just, yeah, like you said, you know, like take the time to really sit and, and you know, analyze and, and research and, and look beyond just that surface level, which a lot of the times it's all clickbait. They've just put a couple of things together, put it up there, linked it, and then, Retweet, retweet, retweet,
1: reshare.
0: And yeah, answer. yeah, man. Um, so were you a reader? Um, I, you mentioned right at the beginning you were a reader growing up um, in school. We, did you do much reading? Yeah, um,
1: so growing up, it was just uh, when we first migrated to New Zealand, mm-hmm. it was just my older sister and I, um, and I loved the bookstore. You know, the smell of new books was everything. Mum made a, a habit to take us to the library when we were living in Johnsonville um, every day after school. And yeah, we would just get a whole lot of books. So I quickly found that um, fantasy, sci fi fantasy was my favorite genre of books to read. Um, especially if it was trilogies or something anything to do with magic that's me maybe <laughs>
0: yeah. and so yeah. what um does cadence i mean did you read to cadence or maybe you didn't even have time um does she love to read you know as as she's been growing up um does she love to read
1: uh she used to but oh uh, i have to admit she she didn't yeah she didn't grow up loving reading like <laughs> she'd rather um, read people than read books
0: okay reading people is good too <laughs> um so what are some of your uh, do you have any book recommendations for our listeners and for our audience or a book a favorite book recommendation perhaps
1: yeah i was thinking about this um it's so funny because I'm just thinking back to um when we were in Malua and there were hardly any books. You know, I had to leave a lot of my books behind because of the weight and all that. Um and then the Alpule at that time in Malua, his kids were avid readers. And we would always take turns, like, okay, I'm after you reading that book. Mm -hmm. I love that because, you know, (laughs) we had no TV in Malua. (laughs) And um, as I already mentioned before, you know, I wasn't a a real academic back then. (laughs) Um, So I always, my favorite pastimes in Samoa was when it was raining and I had Vicks and a good book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's um so for our listeners and, and viewers and for our audience, uh, Malua is our church, our theological college, uh in Samoa, and that that's what Lena's talking about. <laughs> so if, uh what book would you recommend? Um I, you know? if, if no
1: one has mentioned this before, I definitely want to recommend Lani Winks, um the Tesla trilogy books. Only because Especially if, you, if you're you not living in Samoa, because um, if you're into the sci-fi fantasy, this is definitely your book to read. And the way that de- she describes all the scenes, mm. and when you actually go to Samoa, you're like, shucks, this is where this and this happened, and right. that, that happened. Yeah, it's um, bringing our country to life in her books. And all our, you know, um, cultural stories as well. Yeah. I haven't read um, a fiction book for a long time, but if I was to ever recommend
0: yeah. books, it would be that one
1: from we'll, those set we'll, of books. We'll,
0: yeah. So I will put the pictures up, um, the, the book covers up so that people will know and then and they'll know where to what to look up um i guess then you know words of encouragement i mean you have shared it's been so cool to have you on the show just because i have just like pretty much like learned a lot about just your work and your career and i know we could go on and on but i know you got church in the morning (laughs) I know it's oh, like way, it's like nearly one o'clock there in New Zealand two a.m. I think, nearly one a.m. one thirty. I mean, you know, you've I've definitely I, you've dropped so many jewels and gems tonight. Like I'm so, so happy that I know you're busy, sis. But I'm so <laughs> grateful that you you know had made time um just to just to join us on the show like it's such yeah, an honor like to have you on, on here Stop <laughs> it. um it's such an honor to have you on here and man you're such an expert in your field like listening to you i'm just so like oh i need to look that up i need to research that i need to find out more and i love that oh, you're, you're you know that you're working in your community and giving back to your local people um like definitely need more of you um you know in the field for sure but you know what are some words of encouragement i guess um for our pacifica people but just in general for you know for any listeners and viewers you know what are some words of wisdom that you want to drop some life words of wisdom that you have or a favorite quote or a verse that keeps you motivated and driven just
1: in regards to, um, you know, your journey, your life journey? Oh, um, I guess my main words of encouragement to everyone is it's never too late to pick up a career. Um, Doesn't matter where you are in life right now. Um, Doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're passionate about, but always think about what's stable especially after seeing what the pandemic's done to a lot of us. Um, find something in a stable, find something that you know that you can grow in professionally and also in other areas as well. Um, if you are a single mum, keep your focus on, you know, getting that future because no one else is going to do it apart from you. Um, have your support network up and running and don't worry about what other people are thinking about you know you being pregnant out of wedlock or whatever do you do your baby or babies if you have more than one child um because in the end you know okay. the, that's your investment for your future and um, what you put in is what also your children are gonna um I'm gonna um
0: get rid of what up for in the future. I can't think of anything else to say right now. Except- so much love and respect for you, sis. Seriously, your grind is relentless. Uh, your passion, man, it's super inspirational. And I know that your story and the things that you've shared um is definitely going to resonate with, with our listeners. And you know, even if it's just one person, man, that's all that matters, right? Just um. Sure. If your story can touch one or you know a few people, man, that, that's that's what the show is about, right? It's just um yeah, you know, so again, thank you, so, so much for for coming on <laughs> the show. I do appreciate you so much.